Hello, listeners, and welcome. Twelve-Sided Stories presents Otherworld London, an actual play RPG podcast that uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu system. We weave macabre, gaslight-era tales of terror and suspense for your listening enjoyment. Our games are story-driven and rules-light. Now, our keeper for Otherworld London, Wes Otis. Let's start by introducing our players. Let's start with Terry. Hi, good morning. I mean, hi. You don't know what time of day it is. Sorry, hi. <laughs> Out there, whatever time you're listening to this show, this is Terry Gamble playing Alize Crew. Hi, everyone. This is Kelsey Osborne, still playing Maggie Cooper. Hey, I am Mac Beauvais, and I am playing Ethel Prendergast, and that is what you need to know. And I'm Michelle Otis, and I am playing Eugenia Penbottom of the Lancashire Penbottoms. Last time that we got together, you all basically found this huge tree erupted through a building, and you went to check it out, and you found that there was some kind of strange church being started there where people were wearing different masks. Some were wearing prey masks, some were wearing predator masks. So as you checked it out, you noticed that these masks were becoming more part of their face. If they moved their noses or whatever else, it would would actually move on the mask depending on how long they were wearing them for. And there were even children with uh, mice masks on. And you basically did a retreat after Ethel took one a raven mask and you guys retreated back to Eugenia's house. Then at the very end, Ethel went back to her own home to find her father there, who had been summoned by a friend to come and help her out. And that's where we kind of ended things. We're going to start with uh, Ethel. You've just walked into your home and your father has appeared. And he has said, you know, it's so it's so nice to see you. You are not welcome here. Oh, not this again. Look, I'm here to help you and I have to be here according to the judge. That's why you were allowed back in your house. They sent me a letter a few months ago and it took me a while to get here, but I'm here now. I am sure there are other accommodations that you can find in the city so that you can meet your requirements with the court and not be here. I'm sure there are, darling, but this is where I'm gonna stay. It's for your own good. You've never known what was for my own good. What you've always thought for my own good was wrong. Really? Why? You know why. Tell me. I know how you treated Mama. This again. Tell me what you think happened to Mama. I don't want to have to say it. You know. Let me guess. I killed her, according to you. That's the memory you've always brought up, is you killed Mama, and you did this, and you did that. Well, I did not kill your mother. It is just the memory that you've decided to live by. I will not stand here and let you try to lie to me again. I'm not lying to you. Do you realize that you, your mother was ill. She had the same problems that you do. Let me ask you, who follows you around? You know, spirits and such. Your mother, your husband, the maid that you killed, well. I have nothing to say to you. What do they all have in common, honey? Are you implying that I have done something and that I am at fault here? I may have made a mistake years ago protecting you from what you have done to people. The only people that follow you aren't just random spirits. You are not a spiritualist. They are ghost haunting you. You just never ever are willing to admit it. You don't know anything about me. You never have. I know everything about you. I'm your father. Whether you like it or not, I am here and I am staying here. And unlike your mother, I am of sound mind. Now you can either get used to it or you can complain about it, but I ain't going anywhere. Now I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to read my book 
and you are going to come to grips with the fact that life isn't easy and you are not what you think you are. Don't you dare talk to me about what is and isn't easy in life. You go read your book. I will. Good night, honey. And he walks upstairs. What do you do? I'm going to go uh, back to my room and start investigating more about this mask because that takes precedent over family matters. So Easter's asleep on your bed and really doesn't pay you much mind when you walk in <laughs> and you start looking at the mask. What specifically are you looking for? I'm probably looking in books similar to where I found out about uh, the God of the Hunt okay. and to see if there's other lore associated with that, with Predator and Prey and all of it, and the, and the mask specifically. Can you do me a favor and write and do just a, uh, a research role? Or... Yeah. Yeah, let's do library use. Okay. Uh, 37 under 50. Okay, cool. So make a check next to it. You see, um, as you're checking through the book, uh, you do come to... It's almost like a May Day ceremony where people can cast a spell in order to become one with nature or take on an animal guise. It's not specifically like the mask, but you are wondering if if they somehow imbued the mask with this spell. Mm -hmm. There is a way to break it. There's a way to separate the human from the mask. One way is blunt force trauma, but that only works for obviously one individual at a time. There is a spell that will let you affect a large group. The unfortunate part is they just reference it in this book. They don't actually have it because it's just an occult book. Sure. All right. So the next morning, Alizé, you are in your cage. And at some point, Benny comes in with his mother. And she's like, oh... Dear Lord, it's open this door right now, Benny. And Benny goes over and opens the door and she walks in. It's Alize, it's so good to see you. How are you, dear? Um, as good as can be expected living here. I I know it's uh, Benny, could you could you go and fetch us some tea, please, and take your time. I, I'd like to talk with Alize for a moment. And you say, Yes, mother. And she sits next to you and goes. I'm so sorry for everything you're going through, dear. It must be so hard. Yes, Mum, it, it is. So Benny talked to you about you getting married, correct? Yes, Mum. Well, he, he also told me about how the conversation you had, and, and he was typical in being not good with words, and I'm not talking about <laughs> his stutter. He, uh, he sometimes says things that are, well, not right. We're, we're very glad to have you in the, the family, and it's not just because Benny's the youngest or we, we want to marry him off. We think you're a wonderful person. We do. Right, and but... He, but what? I felt like you were going to have a but. No but. No, no, we're very happy to have you. It's just... Sometimes men say things that are stupid. And you have to be able to understand that they're, they're saying stupid things. And sometimes you have to tell them that. Or sometimes you have to just smile and remember for next time that they're stupid. And, so and you're telling me up. I need to humor him is what you're sometimes saying. Sometimes you have to humor men. That's just the way it is. You have quite the way with words. Well, thank you. <laughs> you have to understand, when you're in society at the levels that we are at, we sometimes have to deal with people being rude or awkward or whatever and, and oh, kind of yeah. just smile and move on. I'm aware. I've dealt with many a uh, scholar coming through my shop and... Well, well, they may not be the brightest. They may be bright in one area, but not in all. Well, and often in matters of civility, and I do miss those days. They will come back. We'll figure it out. 
You're you're important to Benny. You're important to us. He's and you're very important to me, and I feel like I have uh, just ruined what good chances we had of having a good life, a normal life. Nonsense. It'll be fine. Oh, here comes the tea, and Benny comes in. <laughs> are you are you okay today? Yes, darling. Oh, good. But I'm excited about some tea with you and yes. your mother. So you guys have your tea, okay. Maggie, Lucy comes out from the kitchen after doing a bunch of cleaning and whatever. She goes, how are you today? It's so nice to see you. I know, I'm glad you're here with us. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm feeling all right today. Um, my head doesn't hurt nearly as bad as it did. Yeah. My ribs seem to be all right. Well, it's shocking how much you, you went through. Um, there's something strange in the kitchen, and I, I don't quite know... Uh, Mrs. Fitch is gone for the day. She went to the market. And there's a mouse. Oh. <laughs> could, you've, got a, you've got a bit of a creature issue. I, I do. Could you help me, please? Of course, darling. Here, yeah, yes. Let's... Do you have a broom? Yes. Uh, come with me. <laughs> and you guys walk downstairs. And it's this huge kitchen with this big table in the middle where everybody gets stuff ready. And around the table are about eight kids in mice masks just standing there. She goes, I, I don't know what this is, I, but they won't speak. Lucy, go upstairs. Yeah, of course, Mum. And she turns around and goes right upstairs. Can I help you, children? One of them starts to climb up onto the table and on all fours starts to come towards you. What are you doing? Its little nose starts to move as it sniffs at you. So, I mean, the rabbit didn't try to hurt me, so I'm going to try to not back away from this creepy little mouse child, but I definitely <laughs> smooth my hands down my dress to make sure that my uh, that my weapon is, like... Roll luck to see if you have a weapon on you. All right. Because I just woke up. Right. Don't know. What did I do? Probably put myself in a bad sitch. Uh, Where is luck again? I don't remember. I'm just thinking of rodents okay. of unusual size. Okay. I just watched Princess Bride again about a week ago. The R-U-S-S's. Yes. <laughs> Quite frankly, I don't think they exist. Um, all right, 44 under my 60 for luck. Okay, yeah, You're, you, you carry your gun. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Suddenly you feel a presence behind you. I'm, I mean, I... I'm so under God. Do I keep take my eye off the creepy mouse child or do I turn around? And the other mice start to come closer to you on the other sides. I'm going to back away to where the door is you so they can't... bump into someone behind you. Okay, I'm pulling my knife out and I whip around to whatever I just bumped into. It's the fox. The grab... fox that was yeah. getting leading people into the, right. into the tree? Oh my gosh. Roll a sand. Oh yeah. Was that distressing? Yeah. Was that a little bit a little distressing? For you. <laughs> just, just a tad. <laughs> that was only horrifying. All right, I got thirty-eight. So okay. under my sixty-five. So you're fine. You're fine. He grabs your arm unless you can dodge. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, I definitely don't dodge. So he grabs your arm. He goes, "You are obviously a predator of some sort." You feel the little hands grab onto you. Get your hands off of me. They start grabbing you. Yeah. And holding your hands down. And you see he produces a cat mask and starts to bring it towards your face as you're struggling. No! Um, and inside you see the, no! the writhing of the little, <laughs> of the little worm-like things no! reaching out for you. I don't you. like it. Eugenia, you're upstairs and... You're helping your husband button his buttons on his clothes. Yeah. Oh, deplorable. <laughs> He's all, like, feeling awkward as well. Ma'am, it's, it's Lucia. There might be an issue in the kitchen. I'm, I'm sorry to bother you, but um, we have mice down there. Oh, uh, no, no bother, Lucy. I'll... I'll come down. I think Miss uh, Miss Maggie might be in, in trouble. I'm, I'm not sure. I shoot the general a look. 
he tries to start buttoning the rest of his buttons with Stop his large fingers. Stop buttoning! So, Grab uh, a weapon! <laughs> so we start heading down to the kitchen. I grab something, a fire iron or something. Okay. You're coming down the stairs. You see the fox from behind, and he and the children have got the Mises. The, the mice have Maggie pinned down, her arms pinned down. He's trying to force this mask on her face. I'm scrappy, though, so I'm fighting it. Yeah, we need basically a strength check. Okay. You need to roll your strength. I'm rolling mine. What'd you get? Ooh, I got a 10. Awesome. He got... He got <laughs> My uh, adrenaline is pumping. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. And you see the I'm little... like, not again. I will not be restrained. All right, Eugenia. Your husband's right behind you. Maggie, you're able to hold... You're holding his arm back. I rolled really badly, so you're, like, holding his... I'm, I imagine I get my foot up somehow, maybe, and yeah, I have, like... I'm, yeah, and whatever. I'm, like, kicking him and back. And he's back by the stairs. What do you do? Do you do something, or do you move out of the way? Um, how far away is the general? He's, like, like a few steps behind you. Okay, I mean, I'd be afraid with the shotgun that he might hit Maggie. I think I would just hit him over the head with the fire iron. Okay, he's at a disadvantage because his head is turned towards you, and, and he's struggling to hold on to her. So you get to add an extra... Hundreds. Oh, an extra hundred. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's like die. I only have twenty five percent in that. But you have a bonus, so. <laughs> oh my gosh! Both fifty. <laughs> they were both fifty. So that's no. hysterical. So you, they're struggling. You swing, and you hear your husband go. Hur, hur. I duck out of the way. <laughs> he goes by you and takes the butt of the gun, and puts it straight into the. Foxes. The fox's head. Yeah, that was a 20 before that hit. Okay. So, and he goes in and just hits the fox really hard. Maggie, you feel him loosening his grip as he falls backwards onto the table. And the mice scatter. They just run out. (laughs) I was going to say, what are they? Okay. Yeah, they just run away. And the fox is now on your kitchen floor, knocked out. Bind him, quickly! (laughs) Yeah. Tying him up. Can we take him down to Alizé's cage? Up. She's upstairs. Oh, she's upstairs. You, You could, but... That might affect Alizé's mental... <laughs> True. So let we bind him. We tie him up. And right as you're binding him up, Benny comes down. And he says, uh, what, what happened here? What's, what's going on? My, my mother's upstairs. Is everything okay? Oh, no, Benny. It most certainly is not. Um... Those dreadful animal people came and tried to tried to accost our Maggie. Um, we've tied this one up. The rest ran. Well, that's good. I I need to get tea for my mother and and Alize and and I mean just we'll, we'll keep this. We'll, we'll, we'll get us. out of your way. Okay. We're not going to stop you in in your. Oh, okay, okay. I just as soon as I can help, I will. And he gets the tea and he goes back upstairs <laughs> after a little bit. Yes, keep her placated with tea. <laughs> okay. It solves everything after it all. It solves everything, <laughs> dear. <laughs> Ethel, you wake up to the smell of cooking meat and breakfast wafting up the stairs. And you hear your father humming very loudly. Well, I'm going to dress mm-hmm. and... I'm going to take another look at the mask, and it's still got sort of the writhing. Actually, no. no. It stopped. They're there. The little worm things Mm -hmm. are there, but they're inert. Okay, even if I pick up the mask? Yeah. What happens if I, like, try to pull at one with my fingers? It stretches a little bit. It's a little slimy. And if you pull hard enough, do you pull hard or no? Yeah. It snaps off, and then it starts decaying in your hands. Fascinating. I'm going to... Grab a uh, satchel large enough for the mask and uh, go downstairs. Hello, dear. Do you want some eggs and bacon? I'm making food. I can tell. No, go ahead and help yourself. 
Oh, I will. Where you, what, what are you doing today? What do people do in England? I they mind their of... business. <laughs> Girl, I'll get through to you some point. Don't worry. Ethel leaves the house. Bye, dear. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're, Ethel's going back to... Eugenius. Eugenius, okay. Mm-hmm. So you show up, I'm going to say, moments after Benny leaves with the tea to go back upstairs to see Alizé. Mm-hmm. And there's the fox bound and knocked out. He's got a big bump on the back of his head. They quickly catch you up on all the things that happened that morning, Ethel. And now you guys can have a conversation about what you want to do next. So I did do a bit of research regarding this. And it does seem that there is some sort of spell to reverse what has been done with the masks. But unfortunately, I do not have the spell in my possession. Well, where might we find it? Do you know? Well, if I had that book again... Oh, that book is a danger, I'm afraid. I have to imagine, uh, just briefly, um, that there were other... uh, There are cult bookshops and things that we would have been familiar with because of the society and everything. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. It does seem we are going to need to get our hands on some kind of book. We do need to locate this spell, and it seems to me a spell of, of this sort, maybe with some variation might be able to help Alizé as well. So, Alizé, after you guys drink your tea and um, eat some biscuits... Delicious biscuits. <laughs> shortbread. She goes... Maybe some sandwiches. <laughs> mm-hmm. She goes, it was so nice speaking with you, and I, I can't wait until we can start planning things and figuring out all the different stuff that's gonna, gonna happen. We're very glad to have you in our family. Thank you so much. Now, let's go get out of this cage for a while. Come on, come with me. Where? Just downstairs, honey. Don't worry. Come on. All right. So you all go downstairs. And um, she goes, it was nice seeing you. Benny and I are going to go run some errands. And, you know, you have a good day. Be safe. And if you see any animals out and about, please steer clear. Of course, dear. No. Of course. I mean it. Please steer clear. I will. There's something going on out there right now. You'll be in our thoughts, dear. Good luck. You find your way downstairs because you're like, where is everybody? Mm-hmm. And um, you see everything. They catch you up on all of the different things that have happened. And the fox starts... It's quite to- a morning. I thought it was exciting upstairs, but this is unbelievable. Welcome to the party. <laughs> well, I could say I've been at the party for quite a while. The fox starts to wake up. And he says... Sarah, are... Sarah, are you making breakfast? I would... I'd really like some breakfast. Oh, my head. Ah. And you notice that his mask isn't moving anymore. Hmm. Gonna reach out and try and pull the mask, see if it comes off. You pull it off, and as you're pulling it off, you see the magic starting to reignite. Mm Mm-hmm. But you're able to pull it off before it connects him to his face. Mm Mm-hmm. And you get it away, and he goes, "What? Where am? What am I doing in this chair?" Who it's all right. People? It's all right. Calm down. Take a moment. It's all right. No one here is oh, going to hurt you. Oh my! My head hurts so much. Lucy, would you get would you get some ice for us, please, dear? Oh my head. What What's your name? Eric. Eric. I- um. Do you mind telling us if you remember anything? Of the last few hours, days? I remember working my, my shift at the dock. We were unloading we were unloading a ship and this man came up to me 
and handed me a mask and said that there was some kind of party that was going to happen in the next few days or week or so. What did the man look like? He was very well dressed with a top hat and and uh, glasses. He wasn't wearing a mask. No, he wasn't. He didn't. He had a he had a basket full of them and was handing them out at the docks. Mm. Said that it was a bonus from the company from for helping out and and um that's the last thing I remember. And his face has all of these like marks, but they're not like suction marks. They're they look like magical runes all over small mm. ones all over his face. Burnt in. Oof. So it's it like it literally like welds itself to their faces. Um, Eugenia, do you have some kind of uh, paper and writing implement that I could use? Of course, dear. Um, Lucy, can you go get a, a paper and, and a quill pen, please? Yes, she gets you a paper. So a paper and a pencil. Uh, as discussion is happening, I'm studying his face and I'm writing down. Uh, recreating the markings on his face. Ooh, good call. You get it all before it starts disappearing, and then uh, sure enough, as soon as it's done, the marks are starting to fade away off of his face. This poor man. I'll get you some tea. Oh, oh, okay. Thank you. So, what do you guys want to do? Obviously, I mean, talking as players with each other, how do you want to proceed at this point? I, mean, I, I think we can untie Eric. Right. <laughs> uh, I would like to go to either an occult bookstore or to the British Museum. I want to find a book on runes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where do we think we've had the best luck or the quickest? I think the British Library, simply because it would have the most volumes. It's got the vastest information, mm-hmm. correct? And uh, the most organized. Yes, oh, that's definitely. True. To the library. To the library. All right. To the library. To the library. (laughs) (laughs) Onward. (laughs) You guys are all getting ready, and you're going to meet downstairs. And as, Maggie, you're getting dressed, you just look outside, and you see that kid that you talked to in the alleyway behind the house. He doesn't look up high enough to see you staring at Mm -hmm. him. No, no mouse mask on it? No. Okay. This is the one that I warned. This, this is the one that you warned. It just looks like he's watching the house, or does it look yeah. like he's waiting for... He looks like he's watching the house. Okay. Um, it's going to take me significantly less time to get dressed and get ready, because yeah. my clothing is much more simple. So he's just kind of right outside the house. I right. don't have to go far. I'll just sort of um, step out kind of into the alley, like, not go get him, but so that he can kind of see me just step out the door and I'll kind of nod my head to him. I'll grab an apple out of the out of the kitchen and kind of show it like, you hungry? Yeah, he starts eating it really quickly. So, What's going on, darling? You notice he has like a mark on his face. What happened to your face? I'm, I'm really sorry, mom. I, I'm really sorry. You're sorry? Honey, you what? you hear a click behind you of a gun. Oi. Them molly cunts told me some porkies, didn't they, girl? No matter. I'll send you to the pearlies myself. I know I have my weapon now. <laughs> you're, bent, you're like looking at this kid's face, and it's craggy. Um, I'm just gonna mouth to the kid. Run. Kid runs. If I can, um, since I'm kind of crouched down and my hands are kind of in front of me, um, I imagine I kind of hike my skirt up to like crouch down so right, my hand yeah. might have kind of easy access to my knife. So um, I'm just, if I can sort of discreetly get my hand on at least the well, handle of Well, let's my knife. do, uh, I think, sleight of hand yeah. is a thing. Let's mm-hmm. do that. Okay. No, so close. Seventy-one over my sixty-eight. <laughs> so you start, you start moving for it, and he goes, "I won't do that, girl. I'll blow your head right off." What are you doing here, Craggy? What are you doing here? I sold you to be on a ship. Yeah, and uh, it looks like you didn't vet your buyer. Is this how you treat all your girls, Craggy? Just the ones I hate. And he fires. <gasps> Oh, 
he misses. The bullet bounces Good next. Good old-fashioned shitty gun. <laughs> <laughs> the gun fires. Pow! And then it ricochets off. And you guys hear this. You don't of hear course. a gunfire all that often, right next to the house at least. And Can I use the moment of chaos to grab my knife and try to stab him? Yeah, you can. <sighs> Thank God. So. I was worried you weren't going to let me, and I really wanted I, to. I rolled, a, I rolled a 72, so he missed. Okay, so go okay. for it. So you whirl around, and he's not very far from you. Yeah, I mean, because I had kind of frozen. Right. All right. Let's see. Fighting. Ooh, a 13 under my 50. All right. Ooh. Maggie's mad. So that's uh... <laughs> Maggie smash. Okay, yeah, you hit. How much damage does your... Um, weapon do? It's just 1d4 because so, it's just a small knife. Give it a 1d4. But I'm really happy. Ooh, four. <laughs> so Take you, that. <laughs> you stab him and you hear... I stab him in the shoulder or something. Whatever right. is the easiest. Yeah. I'm probably going for his throat, but yeah. get his shoulder. Because he's tall. Yeah. And you hear the sounds of whistles going off because you're in a hoity-toity part mm-hmm. of town. A and gun just went off, yeah. There's police in the area. Yeah. And Craggy tries to punch you in the face, like basically pistol whip you before you run. Unbelievable! <laughs> Sounds like Craggy. He would. Okay, he misses. Oh. Swings and misses, and then he just books it. Do you try to attack him before he runs off again, or? Yeah. Okay, give me another. I mean, I'm not very fast or big, but. Well, maybe you're I, right next to maybe him. Maybe I can so. trip him. I don't know. You want to try to trip him, or do you want to try to stab him? Oh, I still have my. I want to try to stab him. Yeah, again. you still have your knife. All right, uh, 44 under my 50. Okay, he's not defending because he's trying to run away. In the meantime, I assume we're running. Yeah, but this is all happening, like, within seconds. So So. fast. Okay, yeah, you hit basically a dodge when he runs away. Okay. So his back is to me, so I just get him in the back. Okay, uh, how much damage do you do? Another four. Wow, okay, so there's this incredible thunk as you shove the knife into his back, and there's blood just pouring down both the front and the back, and as you pull it out, it spurts even more gore out of the cut. He's running, but he's running slow because he's in so much pain, and right then the cops come around the corner. There's at least six cops on both ends, like three and three. Mm-hmm. And they're, and Craggy's not fast enough because he's been stabbed so badly. He's bleeding really badly. Oh, what is this all about? What's what's going on here? And they see you with a knife, and it's all bloody. And and uh, I'm poor. Yeah. <laughs> they grab the gun from him, and they start to take the knife from you. They're all like, "Why'd you stab him?" He was trying to kill me. He shot at me. I was merely defending myself. I heard the shot. I did. I heard the shot. That was the first thing that happened? Yes, it was the first thing that happened. And that's my <coughs> private property. <laughs> she, <coughs> she tried to kill me. I was defending myself. She stabbed me twice and I shot. I was trying to run away. She's crazy. <coughs> Shut up, you pig. <laughs> All right. And at this point is when I, you know, you guys hear the gunshot. Everything happens real fast. Who's coming out? Who stays inside the house? I'm staying in the house. I'm staying inside the house, but I am tucking the fox mask into my satchel. Mm. Okay, cool. Um, I'll come out. I'll probably grab the general so that he can talk to the police. They're more likely to listen to him. Okay. Yeah. Sounds right. Mm -hmm. In general. Yeah. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) So he comes around the corner... And I'm probably loudly arguing with the yeah. police officer. <laughs> yeah. And about after about 15 minutes, it's like an episode of Cops. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, hey. Maggie's so mad right now. I don't think she has much self-control. So. No. They bandage up Craig. Let him bleed. Are you too married? <laughs> Is that the problem? <laughs> I'd rather be eaten by wolves than marry that hunk of crap. The general is able to smooth everything over, and they take Craggy away. And as he's leaving, he just kind of looks at you and gives you just this half smile. I spit on the ground. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, and yeah, it's just that I know where you are mm -hmm. and I'm coming back. Yeah, I'm not afraid of him. A few moments later after all the cops go away and you guys are about to go inside, the, the kid appears again. And uh, he goes, I'm, I'm sorry, Mom. I, I told my friends to avoid the, the masks and Craggy pays us to do things, to get information about different things around the city. And I mentioned you, and I, I didn't know that there was going to be trouble. It's all right. You didn't, you didn't know. Craggy is, well, he's a monster, and monsters are very good at lying. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. Um, um about your friends. Yes. Oh, well. They went, they're fine. They went to the tree, or? No, no, we've, we've stayed away from it. There are some... The, the children that you say are in the mass, they, they, they come from families with homes. They're taking, they're taking children with homes to the tree? Well, the, the families are all going and getting masks. Oh, oh yes. We just avoid it because we saw what happened. All right, well, listen, um, I know that Craggy's not going to let this lie. So if he tries to use you again... Perhaps, um... I don't think he will. I think he, he knows where you're at at this point. But I'll try to avoid him. We'll, we'll try to, to, to steer him in a different direction. All right. Well, if you can find a way to give me a bit of a warning, if he's planning on something, I, I would appreciate it. And um, if you and your friends are ever hungry, you know, stop by. I'll try to get something for you to eat. <laughs> There, there was one other thing. He had us find some apartment to track down someone. Who? Do you remember a name? I said something about buyers. Where? In the East End or here? No, not, not far from here, but not in the, the, the place with all the apartments down near the Thames. Do you know which place? No, no, we, we, uh, he got somebody else to do that. We, we gave him the information we could. He was talking to somebody, one of his girls or somebody to go find some apartment. What did the girl look like? You, kind of, young, one I'm of his girls. I'm trying to go through, like, Craggy's girls in my... Craggy has a main girl that was washing you, and mm -hmm. you're betting it's that girl. Who's probably got similar coloring and yeah. size to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. All right. Okay. So, after all the, that dies down, are you guys ready to go over to the British Museum? All right. Mm -hmm. You show up. And it's got treasures from around the world. It's huge even now. All the books are kind of mixed together at this point. They haven't really started separating out books that they consider dangerous yet. That's not going to happen for a couple more decades when they figure out, hey, we shouldn't have this skinned, bound book next <laughs> to <laughs> something else. Got to find books with something. Everybody give me a library use role. I won't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could look around for, like, symbols that look interesting. I don't know what they'll mean, yeah. but, I mean... Yes. No, I'm usually I just, pretty good. Not today. Yeah, not, today. not, not I got a 30 today. under my 70. So nice. go ahead and mark your, your use. Oh, I get to mark... Your knife, yeah, your knife. fight. Yeah, um, I got a 62 over my 50. Okay. So you guys look around for a while... At some point, Eugenia, you stumble upon this book. It says Celtic folklore and gods. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, but when you start looking into it, you see several illustrations of masks that are similar to the ones that are being used. Mm -hmm. But in this case, they're being used for like May Day and things like that. Different fertility rites, and and it even shows it's all about the fertility. It's rights. all about the fertility rites, and there is some writing in there that you don't understand, but you think that maybe Ethel will understand. I find Ethel. I take it to her. I say, Ethel, I have found the most interesting book. It's not exactly a spell book, but. 
it has some interesting information, and I was wondering if you would take a look, because this writing does not seem familiar to me. I'm going to take a look at it. Okay, yeah, it's it's very similar to the magical writing. It's a weird mixture of, like, Gaelic and Latin and other things that you've you've noticed that a lot of times with magical writing they'll they'll mix you know Aramaic or whatever and other stuff together mm-hmm. something about the words having power so like certain words in one language won't have the same power as words in other languages so they'll mix and match so that they can get the most power out of the words it's the basically the recipe to make one of these masks be able to truly transform someone into one of these creatures. Okay. It makes you uncomfortable to read it, though. And the reason why is, number one, the amount of power that you need to imbue the mask is pretty high. So someone like Cernunos, the the antler god, wouldn't have an issue, but mortals would. It would be more difficult because you'd have to have a, a large circle of people all using their power to be able to enhance got a bunch of masks like 50 masks it does say in there that obviously and you've learned this that knocking someone out will make the mask inert because the mind isn't working anymore the mind has shut down the other thing that you realize as you're reading is if you find them sleeping the mask is also inert because their mind has slipped into the dreamland and you've heard of the dreamland before it's basically where humans go subconsciously when they're asleep. It's almost like a filter because when the mass takes over, you become more and more animal. But when you're sleeping, that part of your mind that's still human is going to the dreamlands. Basically, if you take the mask off during that time, when you come back from the dreamlands, you wake up normal. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This is fascinating. I don't know if it offers us a lot of solutions at this time, but it does seem that knocking someone wearing a mask unconscious or waiting for them to be asleep does render it inert for a brief Oh, we try to get them time. all to sleep at the same time. Well, that's what I'm wondering, but how do we manage to do that without well, magic? If we visit an apothecary, I'm sure, I mean... Craggy kept me unconscious for quite a long time using some sort of drug and I'm sure maybe we could come up with a way to to use some sort of a drug maybe yes because the, the thought of releasing people by hitting them over the head it's just it's a bit brutal it's a bit brutal and I would never do that to a child and it's it's uh, impractical honestly um, however group what? hypnosis that's an idea. I was thinking more like releasing ether into their uh, gathering place. As a gas? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I have a, a question. With the book and the rites that it's got in it, does it say anything about any like ceremonial wine drinking or, or something that they have to consume as a part of this ritual? Yes, there is there's ceremonial wine that they do and they'll burn incense of some sort and do bonfires a lot of times or they'll also do things where they'll take heads and put them on spikes of their enemies and things like that. They'll go out and they'll do a They'll do a raid to get enemies, and then they'll ritualistically uh, cut their heads off. Yeah. I was just thinking the idea of drugging them and everything. Yeah. The the wine might work if you were able to figure out a way to set up a celebration and then, you know, spike the wine somehow. Perhaps have an idea, but I don't know about the feasibility of it. There is information in this book about uh, ceremonial wine, which we could do something with, but we have to be able to get it in there. Uh, Could we see where the wine comes from before it gets to the church? I suppose we could do some investigating. Uh, Also, and... I would not risk it without doing 
some better looking at it, but it does seem that the masks that I received the other day might already be inert. Really? When I was looking at it, it was, had ceased to move, and when I pulled one of the the little tendrils, it broke off in my hand and turned to dust. So if we can make one of these masks safe enough to wear for a temporary amount of time, someone could maybe get in there and do, you do have, something with the wine. Do you have both masks? Yes. Are they are they both starting to decay, or just the one you I have given? not checked on the fox one since we uh, removed it from our friend. Should we look at them? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pull the, the masks out of my satchel and, okay. and take a look at how the, the how they're looking right now. Well, the older mask, the raven mask, the inside is completely dust at this point. The, the little tendrils have disappeared, and it's just a normal mask at this point. Mm-hmm. The fox mask is starting to head that way. There's some magical residue going mm-hmm. on where if you, like, put skin towards it at all you'll see it like glow and start to to come alive again but you feel like it's on the same path as the other one it's almost as if it's starved like if it doesn't have a host to attach to it's it's almost as if whatever this is is starving to death it also means whoever's making these is doing it actively and able to just enable to distribute them quickly in order to make sure that the magic is still fresh. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if it takes that much power to create these masks, you can't have a circle of people doing this that rapidly. I hate to say it, but it must be our antler god. You or think? S- or someone close to him. You guys have run into fae and other creatures and ghosts and everything else, so you feel like it's very possible that it's, if it's not him, it's one of his many minions. Alizé, I know you don't remember a lot from when you were in the other world, but do you remember anything similar to this, or...? Well, I did initially come back from my first venture covered in ruins and writing. It could have been very similar to what these ruins are that were on our friend this morning and you might be right Ethel about there being a connection between whatever's happened to me and what is happening to all of these people we need to find some way to translate these runes I agree this is the biggest break in the case and also the most terrifying we're so close well I could continue to see if there's a translation of these runes in in the library um i mean i don't know if they want to investigate something else but i can stay in the library for a while okay Uh, i would stay at the library as well because of um wanting to be able to help translate alizé do you think that if if we got you some paper you could maybe write down any of the runes you remember being on your your body I barely remember them. I washed them off so quickly, but I could try. Just just do your best. Um, we, we may even come across just, just one or two. All right. Okay, so you guys start to do all of this work to try to cross-reference old runes and the runes that were on the guy's face and the, the spell and all that. And this is actually a good place for us to stop this particular episode. We will pick up with you guys and what, what you found out at the... The ladies in the library. The ladies in the library. <laughs> Not everything has to be a total cliffhanger. The research episode. <laughs> it's like book five, sorry. <laughs> so um, so thank you. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Uh, it was fun. And uh, thank you all for listening. I'd like to talk about Patreon real quick. We do have a Patreon. You should check it out. We are working towards being able to do a weekly show, and we try to put out a ton of extra content, especially like uh, we will put up like little snippets from shows that you know don't make it in the main show, but that are fun to, to hear. Um, 
And uh, so if you like the show, definitely go and check us out. It's just 12-sided stories on Patreon, and uh, we really appreciate the support. Now let's uh, talk social media, and we'll start with Terry. Hi, I'm Terry Gamble. I was um, a lady. Um, uh, what do I want to say? Uh, you can follow me at uh, the Terry Gamble. That's Terry with one R um, on all the social medias. You can also find me um, at Horror Movie Survival Guide um, if you like scary things. And even if you don't, um, I recommend listening to it. It's fun. All right, cool. Hello, hello. I'm Kelsey Osborne, um, and you can follow me on social medias. Uh, Twitter while I last and Instagram. <laughs> you can find me at Kelsey Kelsum, K E L S E Y, K E L S E M. Hey, I am Mac Beauvais, and when I'm not following you in the shadows, you can follow me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Strange Like That. You can also find me regularly over with the Happy Jacks RPG podcast crew, so check that out because we've got a couple of games over there and uh, I'm going to be GMing something over there very soon myself. Yeah. And I'm Michelle Otis, and you can find me on the Twitter and the Insta at, at Michulu. That's M-I-C-H-U-L-H-U. And I am Wes Otis. You can find me at Plate Mail Games on Twitter. And if you would like to use some of the uh, sounds that you hear in our podcast, you can pick those up at BattleBards. Um, you can actually do a subscription at BattleBards and get access to everything, which is pretty cool. And uh, we're also over on DriveThruRPG. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll uh, be with you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.